You guys, I am super pumped. Today I have Steven Scoggins. He is an award-winning serial entrepreneur who owns seven businesses with their consolidated revenues approaching nine figures, most notably recognized for his journey from homelessness to owning multiple multi-million dollar producing businesses. Steven uses powers of his past to help people discover who they are, why they are here, and what to do about it. He is the founder of the Journey Principle Institute, host of the Stuck of the Unstoppable podcast, and the creator of the Transform You, a proprietary process to help people from all walks of life level up and catapult forward. He has been featured in notable media outlets, including Forbes, Entrepreneur, Thrive Global, NBC, ABC. Stephen and his wife, Karen, spend much of their time as possible with their three children and grandchildren and reside in greater Wiley Durham area of North Carolina. Steven, I'm pumped for this well, conversation. Yeah, I'm super stoked. We're, we're gonna have some fun today, I think. We absolutely are. So I'm just so intrigued by that. That sounds amazing. But tell us a little bit about your childhood. And um, I from from what I've read, it's it's been uh, very not easy, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and how it kind of led you to get into into the construction industry that kind of led you down the path that you're down now. Um, yeah. Do you mind me peeling back those layers a little no, bit? No, 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 I'm happy to. You know, one of the things I've decided to do a long time ago is when I began putting myself in the public eye, I felt like it was more important for me to be real and authentic than it was for me to hide behind, you know, the he's a best-selling author and a multi-million dollar entrepreneur. Well, that's all well and good, but that doesn't really help people. Uh, what helps people is the lessons you learn from one to the other not necessarily the success. And as a result, I've always tried to position myself in such a way that uh, I share openly. So yeah, I have zero problem uh, sharing a little bit about my journey whatsoever. In fact, it, it kind of reads a little bit like Forrest Gump uh, from, the, from the secular perspective and a little bit about Joseph if you're looking at it from, from a biblical perspective. So it's, a, it's an interesting journey. But um, for the most part, I grew up, unfortunately, like a lot of Americans, I think across the country nowadays, in a broken home, meaning that the, you know, the mother and the father, one or more of them are, are pretty much missing from the household for a variety of reasons. And for me, both my parents, unfortunately, got a divorce when I was about the age of three-ish, maybe four-ish. Um, and as a result, I ended up going to live with my grandmother while my father was unfortunately battling alcoholism and my mother, unfortunately, was, was battling mental illness as a result of some traumatic things that happened in her life, some kind of a, some abuse and things around her life. And, you know, early on as a child, you don't really realize that your life is very much different from other people other than on your birthday or on your, um, your, 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 your kindergarten graduation or your elementary school graduation or your soccer games or your baseball games. You know, those are the times that, all, that I would find myself even then looking up, wondering if either one of them are going to show up. And, and that was probably the first sense of trying to figure out identity and, and what a significance meant and what a meaningful um, relationship with a parent would be. But my grandmother, on the other hand, was incredibly like awesome. She was empowering. She was inspiring. She was loving. Um, she was uh, a teacher. She was a disciplinarian. She did it all. Now, I would later discover that, unfortunately, my grandmother was a not a great mother to my mother, but she, I guess I was like her do-over kind of thing. And as a result, you know, I gosh, we, it seemed like life was good outside of the things that I mentioned ahead of time for a little while. And then about nine years old, my grandmother comes to me one afternoon 
and I, I had just gotten home from the, uh, not the daycare, but it's like one of those day schools, you know, you just, that you kind of go to after you go to kindergarten or whatever, kindergarten, first grade, that kind of thing. It's like the, where, I guess where the, where the children are kept until the parents get off work kind of thing. Aftercare. Yeah. Aftercare. That's the word I was looking for. I knew it was there somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, so I get, I get home. My little brother's about, he's three years younger than me. So he's six years old. So he's, he runs off with his, you know, we're both wearing matching outfits. Um, which I w- at some point in time, I may actually post it on social media to, so- to tell people I'm actually telling the truth. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he, you know, he goes off, runs away. My grandmother sits me down and we're sitting in the kitchen of a, a, a small thousand square foot home in Wendell, North Carolina, um, right down the street from the school that we went to, Wendell Elementary. And she proceeds to basically look at me with tears in her eyes and say, I need your help. Now, as a, as a mother as a father, as parents, we understand that the mental acuity of a nine-year-old is not really all that mature. Let's say it the least, right? You know, I'm used to Thundercats and, and watching cartoons and that kind of thing. But I just knew that I knew that I knew that something was up, something was going on. I really wasn't sure what it was. Um, she proceeded to explain to me that she was sick. Now, sick to a nine-year-old, you know, I'm thinking, okay, do you have a cold? Does your, does your tummy hurt? that kind of thing. And then she proceeds to tell me that, you know, in, in a short amount of time, um, she would not be able to be as active around the house. And of course she's using as, as, as kid friendly words as she possibly can. But what she did in the moment was literally, I had a, I had a GI Joe in one hand and a transform in the other. Cause they were having like a battle Royale just before the little, the, the, the little meeting of the minds with my grandmother who I called nanny. And she proceeded to have me put those down on the table dragged the black chair across the ugly linoleum floor from the 70s over to the tan stove and began to show me how to boil water. Now, a nine-year-old boiling water maybe is a good idea, maybe not so good idea. I guess it depends on how well you're trained. But she proceeded to teach me how to make oatmeal and hot dogs and pretty much anything and everything you could boil with water. So I guess I could actually help alleviate the strain. She taught me how to set an alarm clock, and I began getting up at, gosh, 5, 530 uh, every morning you know, to get my little brother up and get him dressed and go to school because I didn't realize it at the time, but we later discovered that she actually had been diagnosed with cancer. Now this is the mid eighties. And as a result, the chemotherapy treatments that she began, the radiation treatments that she began from my perspective, outside looking in, I often wonder if the treatments were worse than the actual cancer itself kind of scenario because of the toll it took on her. And we lived that way for probably a good six to seven months before my aunt moved in with us and began taking some of that stress, that stress off of us. And, you know, there's, there's a handful of other things in the environment um, along the way. But by the time I was 11 years old, she had passed away. And about that moment in time, my parents kind of come back into the picture. And, you know, I go live with my, my father uh, and immediately go into the construction trade, literally on the nights, weekend, pretty much any time I wasn't in school. I was actually working on a job site, carrying studs, learning how to nail stuff, learning how to cut stuff over time, while my little brother went with my mother down to Florida. That would later create another problem between my brother and I that we recently in the last decade have managed to solve. Inevitably, what happened was, is I was forced to grow up very, very early. And again, I wish I could say my story is unique, but I, I come across families all the time, mothers and fathers who either ra- who were raised like I was raised or who are currently trying to raise someone else in the same, in a similar circumstance or situation. And that was my indoctrination to becoming more self-reliant as a whole. And, you know, through that process, I met one of my first mentors and that kind of like at least started the catalyst, but that's, that's kind of like the early, the earlier catalyst of trying to face 
life head on, not really having the tools, but doing the best I can, which I find a lot of people are trying to do the best they can with what they have. But I also find that most people are stuck simply because they don't know any better. I love it. And what an, a powerful story. Um, I know you say a lot of people have something similar and I think we all have something different, right? Yeah. We have different experiences. And I think the older we get, the, the more growth that we can experience, the more that we can look back on the journey that we had, because it's our journeys. I really feel like that are, that are the development of our souls that really etch us on how we are as humans, as people. Um, and I'm grateful for my journey. It's full of a lot of different things than, than what you just said, but a lot of struggle. Um, mm -hmm. And it's that struggle, though, it's, that's off, often fortified the most growth. So I'm curious, as someone that owns so many companies and has been so successful, do you feel like you know what's the one thing? Is it just that you had to figure it out from a young age, that you felt a weight? And, and like, I'm just curious, is that part of your success? You know, I get asked a, a, that question or something similar uh, every now and again. And it's funny that every time I answer the question, it comes out a little bit differently than the time before. I was talking to uh, someone yesterday briefly, and the question that they raise is, you know, does, does the sacrifices that you've had to make early on or the fact that you've had major adversity in your life, did, do you find that as being a major catalyst? And does everybody have to have that catalyst, if you will, to kind of transform their life? And... In some respects, I think adversity does one of two things. It either, either causes you to run and hide or to stand and fight. And I've discovered that that's more of a decision rather than an innate intangible that you have or don't have. And the reason I say that is because some people will, will, will discover that fighting atmosphere, that inner warrior, what, I, what my grandfather would refer to as one part lion, one part lamb in their teenage years. Some will, some will find it in their 20s. Some still may not find it until their 60s, but everybody has that, that ability to pull on that inner strength once they're aware that it's there. So for me, um, owning successful businesses came as a result of answering three very specific questions uh, with my entire life and the awareness to, ask, to be consistently asking those questions. Not, it's not like a, like a one and done kind of thing. And uh, question number one is, who am I? And when I'm asking that question, who am I? You know, what are my gifts? What are my talents? What are my strengths? What are my blind spots and my struggles? What are, what are the things that, you know, my family would say that I do really well, that, that, that I barely have to try because oftentimes that stuff is so close to you that you're not even aware of what your inner strengths and your talents are because you just do them so naturally. You're, you just don't think about them. Well, conversely, it's the same thing. A lot of times your family and your friends and people that love and care about you from a genuine place see both the good and the things that you're kind of blinded by. You know, for me, uh, I move at the speed of light. Well, that's a, that's both a strength and a hindrance depending on where it's used. Meaning I'm a very driven individual kind of scenario. And by understanding who am I having this level of self-awareness, I was a very, um, I discovered that it's very easy to then take that and begin to position yourself to put yourself in the best environment, learn the, learn the uh, content you need to transform yourself inside out, um, in the variety of ways that you like or that you, that you most gravitate towards. I'll come back to that in just a second. But as a result, that kind of leads you to question number two, which is why am I here? Which is one of the number one things that I see people struggling to answer. In fact, I would dare say that's the undercurrent, if you will, or the underlying foundation of people saying my life has no fulfillment. It has no meaning or I'm, search I'm searching, I'm searching, I'm searching, I'm searching, I'm searching, but they're searching from their sofa. 
they're not necessarily searching with a notebook or they're not searching from uh, a seminar or they're not searching from a place of gaining greater insight and perspective on themselves. And that's, that's a key point, which then ultimately leads, okay, once I have a better understanding of who am I, and then I transition into why am I here, meaning I have a sense of identity and purpose, and I'll come back to that in a second, to the third thing, which is what do I do about it? I find that there are people even today, and this is this is part of my journey as well. So I'm not casting any stones. In fact, I'm if anything, I'm sharing from my failures more than anything else. But when you understand who you are and why you're here, you still have to do something with that information. You still have to take a step. And I see a lot of people who who think they're taking the step, but they're actually taking us taking a step to seek the approval of somebody else, an expectation, a parent, uh, a loved one, a spouse. Um, a professional boss or whatever that, that really has got you in a, in, a, in a zone that really doesn't really fit your overall DNA. So as I began to understand those questions, I began to understand that there was a greater, a greater way to position myself to then begin to multiply my time, my resources, and my values. And I think when you understand that that is kind of the leverage point, that's the, that's the trajectory and that's the process, it becomes easier to live out the process rather than thinking that adversity is either going to, you know, that, that adversity itself is like the, the main catalyst because I know people who feel just as traumatically um, affected, even given they haven't had a major traumatic event because their life struggles is their life struggle is just as real to them as me being homeless was to me. Sure. It's relative. Exactly. So, as a result, as we're looking at as we're looking at those things, we have to be we well we have to be authentic to ourselves. We also have to accept where we are in the journey, and you know, and and at the end of the day, for me, I've discovered that the greatest purpose in life we'll ever have is serving the person you used to be. Now, when you think about that, what does mean? What does it mean to serve the person you used to be? Well, first of all, it, pred it, it predisposes that you're going to have to take a step forward and become something more than you are now. The second thing it does is it makes you be reflective and come back to things that, um, from a greater perspective of what can these experiences teach me aside from shame, guilt, regret, and all these different things that we like to give ourselves the excuse, if you will, of not moving forward. In fact, I would say that your expectations have to be greater than your excuses because if they're not then you will always come up with a reason why you don't want to take a step forward, why you don't have enough money, why you don't have enough time, why you don't have enough relationships or belongings or things or any number of excuses that we give to ourselves on a regular basis. However, if we understand that there's a greater cause in our overall development, then we know that what we learn during the development process, we can turn around and give to someone else as a gift. And in many respects, just like with the Transform You system now, you know, that entire curriculum, the entire, the live event, the curriculum, everything came out of my most painful moments, but also as it became the catalyst of what became my most progressive moments and moving me forward. And I've seen it work time and time and time again. So I think at the end of the day, it's who am I, why am I here and what do I do about it? And while adversity can help, it's not the defining factor. All right. So I'm going to... We are going to take a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by startplanner.com, your tool for a more organized life. Featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc.com, 
Star Planner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute, and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system. Align schedules, to-dos, finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at startplanner.com. pick some of this apart. I was sitting here taking notes like the entire time. That's so good. So powerful. So what I'm hearing you saying though, is, is a lot of times hard stuff, which is something that you were dealt with from a young age. You probably don't even really know what all your heart is. Um, you need, I believe you need leverage to change mm-hmm. yes. and, and you've gotten a lot of, a lot of leverage over your life, even from a young age. Um, so I think that we can't compare stories from other people, but you, you have, that is ultimately what has, but here's my question to you. How much of your life do you feel like you have spent in fight or flight? And do you feel like a lot of your results have been from the fight or flight mentality? You know what fight or flight is, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good question. Um, I would dare say that the early, the vast majority of my early upbringing, meaning all the way to probably, and I, and I use this loosely, probably into my late twenties, you know, cause I'm at, at, even in my late twenties, I'd already started my first business and it already, ha- I'd already started having some levels of success with it, but all the way until my, probably my late twenties, it probably was identity, significance, meaning searching for all of those directly out of the, out of the, out of the fight side of things, sure. right. Or the flight mm-hmm. side of things. It was out of fear. It was out of insecurities. It was, they were the motivating factors. And the reason I can say that is because I have not been a great leader my entire business career. In fact, I would dare say I was a horrible leader um, early in my career because I didn't, I just didn't know what I didn't know. Um, sure. And I, and I mean that uh, with all sincerity. I, you know, I got to the point where I, you know, I started my first company. I literally had the trash piles of a construction site after being literally, I, was, I had just managed to get back on some, my dad's couch and started couch surfing when I got the second chance opportunity. And as a result, I'm a high school dropout. I'm an ADHD kid. I'm a dyslexic. You know, all the excuses under the sun that I could I could use to say, Scoggins don't get ahead, they get by kind of thing, which is something I heard my father say numerous times. But then it became down to how do I prove everybody wrong? And to me, that comes out of the insecure side of things, out of the fear side of things, out of the, out of the flight slash fight side of things, where when you begin to mature, I think you can take that as a resource as long as that resource doesn't become something that you hold on to for your entire life. Because if you operate out of insecurities and fear on a regular basis, you're never going to be a great leader. You're never going to actually reach your fullest potential because you are going to repel the very people that need to come into your inner circle to help continue to develop you to a better version of yourself. And I learned that, um, that rule again, I was in my late twenties. I went to an event, um, out in Austin, Texas, and one of my mentors, one of my now mentors, um, was, you know, large, has a large platform and stuff. And I went to his event and I had this, this, this moment where he's like telling me all the things that he had done wrong, right? All these, and that's another reason why I believe in the transparency of a story. Um, all these different things he done, And most of the things I was doing like in the moment, like I was doing the very same things that he said, don't do this, don't do this. So the first little bit, you feel like you're getting your teeth kicked in. The second little bit, you're like, oh my gosh, now that I know that I got my teeth kicked in, now what do I do? I know, now I realize this is wrong and I got I to gotta do something about it. Now what? Well, I went back to that same seminar about every six months or probably close to three years. 
And every time I would go back, I would implement something a little bit different, a little bit different, a little bit different, a little bit different. But I remember having an executive team. Some of them had NBAs. Some of them had more, you know, letters after their name that that would what seems like in the alphabet. And here I am, the the high school dropout, homeless kid kind of thing. And that was my identity. What happened was, is I finally had peace of mind to start putting these different principles into practice. And that's when I discovered the truth that principles govern promises. So if I want to live a more, more meaningful life as a parent, as a father, as a business owner, as a leader, then I have to use the same principles to get there. Now, here's the rub. All of that's being done in that fight slash flight side of myself, that insecure side. The transition became when I actually verbalized to the team, guys, I have been screwing this up and have been doing this all wrong. And I simply didn't know what I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Can you ever forgive me? Which most leaders are terrified to ever say. But for me, it was the only way to actually begin to take a step forward and build something meaningful. And it was all because I was honest. I needed to go back and say I was sorry. I needed to let them know I'd have been operating out of fear. I needed to know I had this, you know, you know, this, what I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, a Napoleon complex that I, because I, before then, I didn't want them to know I didn't know. So I would shoot down their ideas. I would, I would, I would be overly defensive. I would be overly gritty and, and angry and, and stuff like that. And it came out of the simple fact I didn't want them to know. Now, when I began going to that event a handful of times over and over and over again, it took about six months before I stood up in a crowd, a room full of probably 600 people. And there was a panel discussion on, and I had to, uh, I had a chance to ask my, my now mentor one more question live. And I said, I don't understand. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done everything that the curriculum teaches. I've done everything. I'm reading. I'm praying. I'm meditating. I got a, I got a routine in place. I'm doing all these different things. But yet people still don't trust me. They still don't believe. They still don't believe. And that's when they gave me one of the most, uh, he gave me one of the most uh, important pieces of information that I think I'll ever learn that began to shape going from an immature young man and, and leader, business owner into a more mature one. And that was, you got to give yourself grace. Because I had been mistreating people by accident for a number of years. But yet I wanted the I wanted the response to be immediate once they saw that I was doing all these things. And it takes time to move from one to the other. So to answer your question in a more succinct fashion, I would dare say it's a transition. It's part of the journey. It's part of the process. What you cannot do is you cannot stay in an element where you're operating out of fear and insecurities. And you also have to go back and look and be honest with yourself and say, where am I operating out of fear and insecurities, which is always an emotional response typical to a logical problem. I mean, Stephen, <laughs> I feel like I, this is just a crazy conversation. I feel like I'm, I'm not quite sure how old you are. Um, 45, but, 45. <laughs> okay. I, I think this is absolutely profound. Um, I am someone that from, I started my first company at 13, bought my first house at 17, um, made a quick decision and got married at 19 out of three weeks. Um, mm -hmm. got, got divorced. I have mm -hmm. three young children, um, had massive business success. Uh, a lot of times it was the out, out external motivators, right? It's looking to prove other people, um, Someone says I couldn't do it. I'm like, I'll show you. I can do it. Kids are uh, it's spirit. been we are kids are spirit. It's, it's been every yeah. I mean, I've my my six year old. I have three boys. Um, my six year old he got diagnosed a couple of days ago with dyslexia, and the, the the they were like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's okay. It's mild. It's what I have. Mm -hmm. Like 
he'll be, he'll be fine. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not worried about it. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's a gift and I actually, the more like small niche, like, the more success we have, the more small niche we become. And those people that are, are that have came, my journey has crossed me a majority of them are ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've had that same experience, yeah. but it's like, um, you know, our brains constantly go and calculate and think, and we have to figure out how to slow it. We have to figure out how to not operate from that fight or flight. And I feel like I'm just transitioning. Honestly, I'm 34. I'm just now transitioning myself out of that forever. Yeah. I hope. Um, but I, that's where I am on my journey and it's been, you know, decisions and it's, and I feel like, like, you know, that who I am, mm-hmm. I'm in that process of, I know who I am and I actually just sold a, a an asset and I'm 1031 exchanging some funds and I'm, yeah. I've got 45 days, you know this stuff very well. And I'm like, okay, Before I know who I am. <laughs> correct. I know yeah. who I am and what is the correct decision? Like, you know, and I think that the, the girl five years ago or two years ago would have ma- made a very different decision yeah. than now. Yeah. Because your priorities shift. Yeah. Um, you know, and my son's 13. I've got five years left with him in the home. Like yeah. what's going to require me to not be an operator and be an owner um, in order to do the things that I love and pour in the space and the creative stuff like this and, um, and, and to get me back to why am I here? Cause mm-hmm. I think that ultimately what I got pulled away from and all that is why am I here? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I would dare say just in, in the, in, in understanding more about your platform, the reason you're here is because there are, uh, successful women who are waiting yet to be discovered, even in the, which includes discovering themselves, Absolutely. which is still going back and serving the person that you used to be. As an early, early, or what I mean, an early, early upstart entrepreneur, right? Absolutely. And again, I think it comes down to the expectation of there's a finish to the journey or there's a bliss. You know, everybody's like, well, when I make it, well, what the heck does make it mean? Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean by make it? Oh, when, when I'm able to buy a nice house. Okay. So now you get the new house, you're in the new house and now you're like, well, I think I want a pool. So now, now making it's adding a pool or now making is paying for college or now making it is now traveling the country. Like. At some point in time, you have to be okay. With, enough being enough. Exactly. Enough yeah. being enough. But it doesn't mean you don't, that doesn't mean you don't try to impact lives or you don't try to scale yourself or scale your business or, or your family, but it becomes less of a rush and more of a journey. So you're not, you're not just on a treadmill going as fast as you possibly can. You're more like walking around the block and you're looking at the beautiful trees. It, it, it's a pace thing. And one of the things I love about ADHD and dyslexia specifically where, you know, a, a lot of the media sources would say there, it's a hindrance. It's not a hindrance for me. In fact, it, yeah. it's, it's been a catapult for me because I see things at a totally different angle. Yep. While I may not be able to focus on a thousand different things at once with full intention, I am very creative because I'm able to pull from different pieces of information from those thousand things and then hyper-focus on the one thing, which most people can't do. Most folks who do not um, have an ADHD or ADD or dyslexic component, right, struggle with high levels of intentional focus over time. It's kind of like the, um, uh, the, the best thing I know to kind of relate it to is like a, a high functioning autism in some respects that you see something, you know how it's got to be, and you will, you will flat out do it. And do it. it. Don't. <laughs> Yep. You know what I'm saying? And absolutely. There was this yeah. there was this YouTube clip. I, I gosh, I really wish I, I mean, and everybody should go watch this. It's I want to say it's called a, um attention different. It's a YouTube it's a YouTube TEDx talk where a young man was talking about having ADHD and being on medication and all this kind of stuff. And you later learn that it's a superpower. 
most highly successful CEOs, owners, entrepreneurs, the reason that they're successful is because they don't let the risk outweigh the journey. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they say, well, okay, well, I got this finished. Now what's next? I got this finished. Now what's next? And as a result, they leave behind them a wake of uh, infrastructure and stuff like that needs to be built by other people who are more talented at details. For example, I'm not super talented at details. I'm really good about starting stuff, like really good at it. Okay. But that creates opportunities for future team members. And the next thing you know, you look up and you've got a JetBlue, right? JetBlue is one of the, is one of the larger air, uh, airlines. Also started by an ADHD dyslexic person, Richard Branson, ADHD dyslexic person. Like, I think it goes to show as a person of faith, I would dare say that, you know, there is a creator that has preordained certain things inside of you as it relates to adding value to the marketplace and to the home. And for some people, it's doing it at scale. For some people, it's raising the next president. But whatever it is, it's got to be intentional and it's got to be authentic. Amen. I love that. Um, and I, and I love what you said, give yourself grace. Cause I think that you're saying that because what I venture to say that you don't need anybody to tell you, like you're, you're probably the hardest person on yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. You don't, yeah, you don't need. And so that's, that's probably your biggest, um, thing to even, even maybe still today that you still have to give yourself grace, give yourself grace, even with the massive amount of success that you have had, um, you still have to give yourself grace. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I mean, again, I'm I'm one of those proponents that like say, okay, I recognize the fact that there's been successful things that have transpired, but I'm more, I'm more excited about what happens through the sacrifice. And because I've learned more from the sacrifice and the work and the times I've screwed up and the times I've had to remind myself to give myself some grace. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, you know, we've got Transform You Live coming up in October. Okay. I've got, I'll be streaming in thousands of people from all over the world. I've got uh, amazing speakers coming in that are you know from across the country, but yet I totally forgot to order a major piece of equipment that allows for us to actually stream in everybody, like like it's the hub. <laughs> it's it's the thing that takes the food. It's 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 not it's not a detail. It's maybe the biggest detail. <laughs> exactly. Like it's it's not like you know we're, we we got to get a pop up banner for the hallways for the live event center or something. This is like this is the piece of equipment that makes when somebody pushes a button to join in, like it makes it, it makes it happen. Right. And I had two choices. I can like, I can either remind myself, you know, I can either beat myself up cause I didn't, I didn't order it in time. I didn't order it da, 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 or I hop on B and H or whatever service I want to use. And I order the stupid thing. Yep. Right. I've just decided not to beat myself up for stuff. I make mistakes at now. It doesn't mean I'm not going to look for ways to improve cause I am, I'm just not going to let that be a major hurdle and roadblock. And, you know, I know that a lot of your audience is incredibly successful women, incredibly amazing women, or, you know, people with aspirational identities to become something more and greater. And as a result, what I would remind them is you don't have to compare yourself to anybody, but the person you were yesterday. That's it. Amen. That's so powerful. You know, stop looking at, and I don't mean this in a negative way, because I do it too. Spending, spending time on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, and all these different platforms that, that you allow to make you feel less than you are when you're already enough. You just need to become a better version of yourself on a daily basis. And the next thing you know, you look back five or 10 years and you've won. You've won in a big way and you've changed lives along the way. I love it. 
I'm curious. Um, most people that are listening here, Start Planner, one of my companies, uh, it sells organizational tools, paper products, mm -hmm. planners. Um, ultimately, a, a lot of that came out of um, that the system that it is today of me being um, kind of ADHD and needing to write things down <laughs> yeah. to see to focus. And then also uh, things during the day, like prompt, one of the prompt is like daily meditation. Mm -hmm. Like I have to, I, these things come from a place of, of hard spaces in my journey that realize I need that to kind of calm my mind, clear my chakras, mm -hmm. make me be the grounded to be able to be the best leader that I can. I'm curious, do you use pen and paper? Uh, you know what? I actually do. Um, in fact, okay. it's become one of my joys. Uh, here's what I mean by that. So, um, like you, I like, I think like anyone who's going to be truly productive and truly successful, right? There's going to be a lot of different things that you're going to make decisions in the moment on, um, whether or not you're going to invest your time, which is the, one of the few resources that, well, is the only resource I know you, I know you can't get back once it's been invested, but it's one of those things that has become part of my, what I refer to as a reinforceable routine. And anybody that I know that's been crazy successful, including yourself, has been, they have a reinforceable routine that basically, basically makes decisions for them before they ever have to make the decision. It goes back to that principles govern promises concept. And here's what I mean by that. So I wake up at 5, 5.30 every morning. And the first thing I do is prayer and meditation. I'm, I'm asking for new opportunities, not, not from a business perspective, but like, Give me a new opportunity today to please encourage somebody, treat someone with dignity and respect. Let me, let me learn from someone today. Like those are the types of things that I'm, and then I'm spending time in gratefulness. Then I actually will go to the, I'll go to the gym and I'll listen to a podcast or YouTube or something, something that's going to feed my mind, body, or my soul. But what I'll do is I'll focus on a specific area of life. Okay. So like Mondays is like my emotional pillar. Uh, Tuesdays is my financial pillar. Wednesdays is my professional pillar and allows me to have a more holistic approach to building a balanced life slowly over time, which is what works. You can't just have rise and fall in big waves, right? But the reason I love that time so much is because I'll either use my iPhone and or a pen and a pad. And that's where I come up with my, uh, the new revelations or the new quotes, or I, I'll see a different way of like, how can I, how can I take how can I look and absorb that concept and what are the different ways I can look at it? And as a result, both that time and then my end of the day brain dump are become my most transformational moments because I slow the heck down. You and I are the same people. <laughs> like you're the same people. But the thing about it is, is like, I, I had to develop, I had to develop that routine yeah. because I was actually wired to get up and go. Yeah not, not, not gratitude. I'd be like, all right, let me pray. Like, thank you, Jesus. Let's go. Yeah. Like, you know, like I actually had to undo unwind and unravel a lot of that because I would get up and work. I'd get up at four 30 or five and I'd be at the gym at four 30 or five. So I could be at work at six or I'd get yeah. up and just grind and then be like, all right, children, bye. Like I had to reposition because I actually ended, entered into a season of my life where I realized my health was suffering. Mm -hmm. And more than that, um, as a single mom, like this is, this is, might be crazy, but my testosterone was rising Yeah, and it, and I fully believe it was emotionally driven oh, sure. because I was wearing the CEO hat and company, which I feel like that's fine. I feel like I'm designed to do that, but mm -hmm. I was also, I'm wear, wearing it at home all the time. Yeah, And I'm like, how can I undo that? How can I unwind? And I wasn't sleeping at night yep. 
because the brain wouldn't stop. Yeah. So I brained up at night on the planner. I'm waking up in the morning. That's why I have the meditation prompts. Mm -hmm. and, and basically what you're doing is you're, you're setting yourself up for that creative download. Exactly. And you're, and you're also, by doing this, you're, again, you're taking your distractions away. You're taking your excuses away. And at first it's going to feel a little uncomfortable in that it's like, okay, I'm giving a lot of time and energy to putting some boundaries around my life. And for, for someone like myself who likes to be free, I like to be free. Let me go and do what I want to like, I'm, you know, at, at, at first I was like, this is too constricting. Please don't let me do this. And I, and then before long, I'm like, wait a minute, this is actually giving me more time in my day by doing it this way. When the entire time I thought I was losing time in my day. Mm -hmm. And I've discovered that this is a practice then when executed on a consistent basis, and you're going to fall down. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't start out doing it every single day, like clockwork. I, I would do it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'd forget to do it on Thursday. And I'd pick myself up and do it again on Friday. And that, you're giving yourself grace. Exactly. You got to give yourself yeah, grace. You got to stop yeah. beating yourself up for stuff that takes time. Again, it comes down to, I've got to arrive. I've got to be there now. I'm, you know, as a super successful uh, CEO yourself, chief everything officer, right? Uh, both in home and business. We tell ourselves, that if it's going if it's going to get done, it's going to happen because we did it, and we're lying to ourselves. What we've got to do instead is we have to bucket time in such a way that actually creates more space. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Rory Vaden, wrote a, wrote a book called "Take the Stairs," and in that book, he talks about the the power of multiply, right? So you know, two times, you know, three is what six, right? So you you, you multiply, right? So you, you do the math once. So he said, in, in you know, kind of the core theme of the book is you know, multiply things that create more of that without the second part of the investment. So multiplying your time, for example, what can I do now that's going to give, that's going to give me two or three hour, extra hours later? What investment can I make now that's going to bring me a, a, a consistent return? What type of um, uh, environment or, or experience can I give my children with my full undivided attention so, so they know that they know that they know that they're loved and they're encouraged and they're empowered and they're inspired and they're disciplined? Right. Yep. And the only way you do that is to slow the heck down. Yep. So, yeah, it's not an easy thing for us. No, yeah. no, it's not. But it, but it's worth it. I mean, it, it, and you also have to. Here's another thing I had to do. And I, and I apologize. I, I can't help myself. I think you got me off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is, is this we also don't ask why? Why do I feel the need to go as hard and as fast as I possibly can? What am I trying to prove to myself, to someone else? What is, what is the motivating factor? And I, you know, I, we mentioned this earlier in the show about, you know, how, how much adversity played a role to the fight or flight response. It wasn't until I asked why that I felt like I had the need to do X, Y, and Z that I began to understand and mature past X, Y, and Z. So I went from being motivated out of fear to being motivated by understanding being motivated by insecurities, by being motivated by growth. And as a result, life has just continually gotten sweeter and sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Doesn't mean I don't have problems. Doesn't mean I don't have bad days. I mean, if anybody checked out my Instagram story this morning, I literally woke up this morning like, guys, this is one of those days. I'm telling you right now that, you know, I'd love to tell you that I got at, went up to the gym and I wasn't tired, but I, I haven't slept that well for the last two days. And I don't even know why. I just haven't slept that well. So I'm tired today. Right. You may not know it because of the podcast. But. I wouldn't know it. Yeah. Your energy is it's on point. <laughs> because because I'm, I'm, here, I'm here with my family, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is every day is not going to be great, but every day can be sweet. Love it. 
Well, Stephen, I think that we've already went over our time. So I think you and I could totally <laughs> keep talking, but I want people to know where they can connect with you online. Please tell them about your podcast. Typically people, if you're listening to a podcast, that's their creative download. You can, you know, you guys go listen to Stephen's podcast. Please share that. Um, anything and everything on where they can find you. Yeah, no, and I, about your your university too. That's yeah, rock on. That yeah, I'd be glad to. So uh, everybody can find me uh, either on any 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 podcast platform or on YouTube where you can actually watch the video. But we have a podcast called Stuck to Unstoppable. Um, I've had uh, several guests: Grant Cardone, Les Brown. I mean, top. I mean, top top people that um, are incredibly successful in their own right. And what I try to do with them is I try to dissect certain elements of their story that uh, much like this show does that breaks things into practical steps. So yeah, if you want to check out Stuck to Unstoppable, would love to have you there. Um, you can find me at uh, Instagram, Stephen underscore Scoggins with a uh, PH. And then if you're really, if you're really looking to take your life to the next level and get more balance you get, and, and you're just finding yourself stuck day after day, then please be my guest at Transform You Live. Um, you can find that at transformulive.com and look at all the details there. I intentionally made it a family-friendly, non-pitch environment. This is all about value-add content, period. That's what we do. That's who I am. And that's who we're trying to serve. I love it, Stephen. And I just have one final question. I'm curious to your birthday. I'm big into like, <laughs> what is your birthday? What more? What, what is your sign? January 26th. So uh, okay. back in the day, I was a, a novice astrologer. It's one of the other things that I used to do back in the day. So uh, I am what's called an Aquarius with a rising sign in Cancer and a uh, see Jupiter. No, Sagittarius is my moon or something like that. I forgot what the heck it was, but anyway. What was your rising again? Uh, cancer. Okay. That's probably why. I, that's probably why I have the uh, the the masculinity of the Aquarius, but the carrying side of the Cancer. <laughs> yeah, and so I am. I am a um, Aries, so fire sign. Yeah. But my rising is a Pisces. So that's the emotional, the care, the grounded side. So very, very I'm cool. always just so intrigued. So that's interesting that we also have that in common <laughs> as far as astro astrology. I'm just a big believer in it. Rock so. on, rock on. Well, I appreciate you again. Let me let me come on and share my heart a little bit. Hopefully I added some value today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on here. And you guys, we'll be back next week with another conversation. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.